Hello and welcome to the Coach Mark in Manila podcast. I am Coach Mark in Manila coming to you live from the Philippines and I am from ESL, businessenglishexperts.com and initial-impact.com. I'm here to help you live the best possible life you can, whether you're looking to improve your career opportunities overseas, enhance your English as a second or your native language, make powerful presentations, or perhaps just nail those interviews that you're trying to take, but you're not sure why you're getting refused or not getting the job offer in the first place. So today I'd like to continue on my theme about my students who are Arabic speaking students. And particularly, I have to thank you all for those of you who've messaged in and a huge response and um, to my first podcast about the challenges fa uh, facing female speakers of English as a second language if you are from an Arabic speaking country. Um, particularly today, I want to speak a little bit more about Saudi Arabia's Vision 2030 and how it is a catalyst for hopefully realizing women's rights. Now, um, clearly, we're not saying that, that women in Saudi Arabia have not been involved in society previous to this 2016 announcement about the 2030 vision and the goals that have been set. And they are highly ambitious, I would say. Um, it is a magnificent program um, trying to really alter everything about the way that your country, if you're from Saudi Arabia, is operating. And of course, it is controversial in places. I respect that. And of course, I am not a local at all. Um, so I'm only commenting really as an outsider looking in and just from my limited experience and viewpoint um, from somebody who does work with many Arabic speaking students, including female students as well as male and non-binary students. So let's talk a little bit um, about the actual Saudi Vision 2030. If you're not from Saudi, this is still going to be really helpful for you because you absolutely need to be aware of what is happening in the rest of the world for you to do exceptionally well in business. So stick around because this is going to be of interest to you if you don't know much about this. So clearly the whole point of this uh, big vision here, which I think is, is just monumental, let's face it, when it was announced, was to completely change the socioeconomic reform of the country, okay? Um, the vision is an aspiring and thriving economy and a, you know, a vibrant society. And that is the first thing that's paramount, really. And if you think about it, in order to get there as a coach, this is why I'm, I'm discussing this here today, is how do we get you there? And how do other um, partners here support what's going on in Saudi? And particularly, I want to talk more to the issue facing women in Saudi Arabia. OK, so let's just quickly scroll through some of these ideas here now. Um, clearly, the early history of Saudi women, and I'm no expert in this, so please, any mistakes here are my own, and you know, I am not by any means saying I'm an expert in these historical issues. But predominantly, clearly, it's an Islamic country, and therefore the legal system based on Sharia law. Um, so, of course, there were many prohibitions against women, um, really, you know, keeping uh, women in a, a, I would say, almost like a subdued and subjugated position, okay? Um, against that compared to their male counterparts. Um, restrictive regulations prior to Vision 2030 included things such as uh, totally, um, really, gender segregation still. Um, so meaning that women were confined to the amount of time that you could spend with your male counterparts uh, who you are not related. Um, also looking at things like public transportation, your access to parks and beaches, very gender strict laws as far as I can understand. And historically, uh, illegal mixing resulted in charges against both parties. Um, in general, women faced heavier penalties too. So clearly it was a, a very heavy situation to try and, and live and, and study amongst, right? 
Um, obviously, dress codes uh, were very different as well. Okay. Um, things such as abortion as well. That was another area that was really uh, very, very traumatic, to say the least. Um, and then we look at things such as um, the legal proceedings, so getting a fair hearing in court if needed. Um, in the past, one man's testimony was equal to that of two women. Okay, so we have to understand the context of where Saudi Arabia has come from to where it is now. Okay, and I have to say that it is a huge shift and a, a massive, massively different um, attitude here, um, which I totally respect has come about, not because the world is putting pressure on Saudi, but actually because Saudi Arabia, to give all credit to the partners and the players here who are responsible for putting this into practice and making this happen, understand that it is necessary um, for your own country and for your own people, not because some other country or nationality is saying this is wrong and this needs to happen. Um, the current situation now is that clearly um, you are able to do far more, okay? Um, the main advancements are for women, obviously, above the age of 21 now, you have the same rights, great, in obtaining a passport and travelling abroad without any male relative's approval. You can also register as heads of your household, okay, and be labelled as such on your ID cards and papers, giving them the legal authority to act on your children's behalf, okay. Um, also, you know, things such as workplace discriminations have been granted to women, um, and the retirement age is the same as the retirement age of men, which I believe is 60 years old. But if I've got that wrong, please let me know. Also, if we just look at that, the fact is, is that now you can travel abroad. It's giving you open access to anywhere you want to go in the world. But of course, we've got to look at the financial side of it. So let's just go to this workplace, because that's where most of you are going to be getting your income from. Okay. Now, clearly, Saudi Arabia has long been known for its gender imbalance in the workforce. Um, 2030 vision really does recognize that Saudi women are a significant asset that they're currently underutilized. And I'd say, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> okay, Respectfully, no kidding. Right. That is an understatement, to say the least. I think most countries realize this, that actually, if you remove 50 percent um, or possibly more, because let's face it, if we, we take into account there are non-binary people here as well. But let's just talk in a binary manner for, for ease here, okay, just for statistics, all right? That is not to disrespect anybody who's non-binary here. But let's just look at male and female. If you remove 50%, so all of the females are restrict what they can do, you've lost 50% of your workforce straight away, okay? All right, and you've lost 50% of your profitability as a country straight away because that's not any that's not going to create any taxes is it it's not going to create any additional wealth or profit creation in your country so you see to realize that if you are moving away as saudi now is as many of those countries now in the middle east are realizing to not depend so heavily on oil and need to diversify fast and if we're talking it from a business point of view this is a you know the only strategy to adopt really you can't run a country which let's face it is just like running a company and um, based on just doing one product alone Okay, it's kind of death. Um, so to come away from the heavy reliance on oil, it, it absolutely has to happen. And, and the way that you can do that is obviously to open up many other markets. But in addition, if you are running your, com your company and only allowed 50% of your workforce to actually be engaged, then your company is just always going to struggle to be competitive against your competitors who have 100% of their workforce engaged. So this is what is the right thing to do for Saudi as a country. I totally agree with, with everybody there. 
um, right down to Saudi's um, Ministry of Human Resources and Social Development. It's it's a fantastic thing, and it is really lovely to see it happening. Okay, um, now the vision obviously is to create one million jobs for women. Okay. Um, in 2020, looking at the statistics I've been able to get hold of, and please feel free to let me know any latest ones, um, the female labour force in Saudi increased from 25.9% in the first quarter to 31.4% in the second quarter. Again, I just have to speak to you about this. When you're listening to my podcast, please bear in mind what I'm saying here, not just the content, but actually make some notes. Listen to how I'm presenting these statistics, all right? Because you can then copy this for your use in your business meetings, all right? So it increased from 25.9% in the first quarter to 31.4% in the second quarter. Right, now, it is also, looking at that, that's quite a big jump, all right? In addition, it is classed as being wrong for a private sector employer to hire workers and then discriminate against them based on their gender, age or disability. OK, so gender, age and disability are now protected. Um, we don't have any protections yet on things such as people's um, orientation and things like that. But it's good. Gender, age and disability. It's welcome. Now, the socioeconomic transformation that Vision 2030 is going to drive um, is seeking to improve citizens' quality of life, to raise your aspirations, and to obviously get more females entering the labour force. Um, in addition, it's been confirmed, apparently according to the Saudi Arabia's Ministry of Human Resources and Social Development, that women will no longer face gender discrimination in private sector salaries too. And I understand from a documentary I watched only last night on this that this is this is happening, right? Okay, there is there is definitely wage parity. And that actually is something that is happening, but is not happening in the West still. There's still a big difference between what men and women get paid, all right? Okay, so Saudi's actually leading the way on this, which I think is a great testament to the vision and what is going on within the kingdom itself. Um, now, just looking at those two statements there, okay, if we're increasing um, women, or we, the vision is to increase women into the, the workforce, one million jobs for women, okay, Let's talk about how this actually impacts with your ability to converse and participate in this. Because of the previous restrictions in association with your male counterparts, um, many of my Saudi students, uh, female students, are struggling with having the ability to have the same amount of confidence when they are now being able to access these roles. But when they get into them, it's like, oh my goodness, how do I communicate? I feel kind of a little bit overwhelmed, perhaps slightly nervous about how you're speaking in front of the male counterparts. There's lots of issues here that are coming psychologically from what has happened in the past. Okay. And this is what I want to speak to you about today. How do you, as a Saudi woman, okay, absolutely cope with this? How do you improve your fluency, your confidence to participate and speak? I've been watching many um, of the Saudi officials speaking. Plenty of women, obviously included on these panels now. One thing is apparent, some um, women from Saudi are doing exceptionally well, speaking very, very well, okay, um, in a very difficult language that clearly, you know, is difficult for all of you, no matter what gender you are. Um, the thing is this, though, I've noticed a distinct difference in delivery patterns and how confident um, the female speakers are, with a few exceptions, I have to say. There are a few good exceptions out there. Um, and that's what I would like to champion and support. If anything, I would like to almost like, you know, be your cheerleader. So if you are a Saudi woman, 
who is trying to improve your uh, confidence, your delivery, your pronunciation, your ability to express yourself and hold your place. I watched a very interesting, um, I don't know what you want to call it, like Congress, I suppose, with many high-ranking officials from a couple of years ago on the, the Vision 2030. And I was shocked and appalled that not once, but twice, okay, when a female was speaking on the panel, a very well-respected woman, I'm not going to mention names here, the gentleman to her left, he was a doctor, he actually was, I would just say, I'm sorry, um, incredibly rude because he started speaking behind her to another colleague on mic, okay, so they all all mic'd up, it's a seminar, okay, and showing just total disrespect to the fact that she was speaking, okay, and he didn't just do it once, he did it twice, and all she could do to manage it, and bear in mind, this is kind of a live, televised, kind of recorded session here, this was not just, you know, a general chat, had a huge audience, she held her composure, and all she said to him, she just said, you know, if you just bear with me, I'll be finished in a minute, but I felt really bad for that, that female, because she was almost in a horrible situation um, dealing with this kind of very disrespectful uh, behavior. There was no reason why this gentleman, as far as I could see, it wasn't an emergency, could not have waited or just passed a note to somebody if it really needed to mention something. Um, and it, he did it twice, and it was always when she was speaking. So I got the feeling there was something going off between these two individuals. Possibly I've got that right. Maybe I've got that wrong. It just seemed to be that way. To give her her credit, she held her composure. She kept her, you know, her whole kind of, she did not lower herself and get angry at him. But I, I would have been absolutely inside fuming if that had happened, okay? Um, and things like that, this is the sorts of things that I believe that, and I could be wrong, let me know. If I am, please do. The many Saudi women, whilst you may be getting into the workforce, you may be getting good jobs now and getting that wage parity, are you still facing this kind of mm, intimidation or undermining behavior, which this, as far as I could assess from a psychological point of view, absolutely was with this particular person? Um, and if so, how do you handle it? What tips and techniques can we give you to handle that? Now, if that is happening to you, I'd like to just speak about that. So absolutely, as this woman did, okay, if that happens to you, you can acknowledge the fact that this is happening, all right? Okay, don't just ignore it, because if you ignore it, it shows a signal that you are accepting that. So in her, her way, she did it with a very, um, I suppose, gracious manner. And she said, if you just bear with me a minute, I'll be finished in a second, okay? So you could say, or oh, if you could just wait, please, I'm going to be finished in a minute, then you can say what you'd like to say. So these are the sorts of things that you can say to address those situations if, if it's happening. If somebody tries to interrupt you in a meeting to um, shut down your conversation, you could just say, Mark, for example, if it was me, you could say, Mark, okay, whilst I, I take that you want to interrupt me here, if you could, please, you've had, you've had your chance to speak, let me just finish mine and then you can carry on if there's something else you'd like to say. So we need to address the person directly, preferably use their name, okay, because um, our names are the most important sound to all of us, right? Okay, we immediately, someone shouts your name, you orientate to look, even if it's somebody shouting somebody else with the same name, you will automatically look because it's familiar, okay? So our names are very good at getting people's attention if you want to orientate them to yourself, okay? And then very calmly state the facts of what is happening and that they will be allowed to speak once you've finished and had your turn to speak. So um, what I do in my masterclass is I teach you how to manage and control your meetings and remain in control of them because that's really important that you don't allow your conversations or anything to get hijacked. 
And these are some of the challenges that I absolutely know are facing Saudi women at the moment. Whilst you're going into the workforce, okay, you it's not just ended there. This this whole oh, oh fantastic, congratulations, we've got an increase from twenty five point nine percent to thirty one point four percent. That's fantastic, all right. But what is happening to Saudi females within these workplaces? That's what we want to now find out next. And how are we going to give you the skills, your confidence, your delivery skills to manage these challenging situations that will still be ongoing? Because let's face it, and I'm not saying something that hasn't already been said, um, another minister commented on this from Saudi. And she actually said, she said, look, you know, whilst we are doing all of these, these massive changes, we are completing uh, many of these visions. Um, understand that there is a cultural issue that is going to have to take time to play catch up. Now, playing catch up means that, okay, whilst we've got all the legal policies in place, it doesn't necessarily mean that automatically everything is just going to start to click into place, right? And suddenly, cultural changes will happen. Cultural changes take much longer to happen than policy changes. So as a woman, you may be okay and be perfectly fine to go into any sector you like. As a woman, you may be able to travel and go overseas. As a woman, you may be able to access healthcare. However, are you still going to face challenges when you try to go overseas, challenges when you try to access healthcare on your own account, challenges when you try to speak in meetings? These are the things that I'm interested in now in helping support and almost be like an ambassador to cheer on um, any woman in, in an Arabic-speaking region. But particularly, I'm picking on Saudi here simply because of this vision, okay? I want to see this succeed for no other reason than it is a fantastic human opportunity to really fulfill your potential. That's what I exist to do, to help you fulfill your potential. If you feel you're not, okay, um, not maintaining your potential um, or fulfilling it, then absolutely get in touch with me, um, particularly if you are from the Saudi region or any of the Arabic-speaking countries and you'd like some support and advice, I can offer that to you. I understand that there may be cultural differences between us, okay, and absolutely I'm aware of that and I work with many Saudi women as well as men, okay, on these matters. So rest assured that I am conscious and sensitive to these issues, but I'm also here to try and help you find your voice. You know, we're talking about it in some of these um, these marketing releases about the Saudi 2030, and it's saying about it's time for, you know, the Saudi women to find their voice. I absolutely agree. But in order to find your voice, you have to have the confidence and feel you have also the backing and support. And that goes right down to not just in Arabic, but also in English. Remember what I teach your presentation skills. So I teach executives high performance presentation skills. So even if we want to look at you're not using English, but Arabic, you still need to know how to hold your composure, um, how to maintain that control of the meeting, how to ensure that your voice is heard and you get to the point quickly. Also, are you telling great stories? So storytelling, okay? You need to keep your audience engaged, otherwise you're going to switch them off. Your tone of voice, your passion, what your delivery is like, okay? These are all the skills that I teach. So if this sounds of interest to you, absolutely get a 30-minute pre-session with me. That for now is still available. It's not going to be forever, so grab it while you can. The links are down below. Sign up to my newsletter, please, because that's going to help keep you up to date with all of my tips and techniques. Don't forget to check me out here on a further basis. If what I've shared with you here today feels like it's going to help you or has already helped you, please consider sponsoring me, buying me a cup of coffee to say thank you. And it also allows me to help provide free coaching to those who cannot afford coaching at all. Okay, so people in Southeast Asia, Africa, and also South America. Um, 
if there's anything you'd like to add to this or you want to hear more from me about what's going on with um, certainly my experience of um, any any females um, speaking uh, English as a second language from Arabic speaking countries or some of the challenges that you have that you'd like me to speak about next, let me know. You can reach me on Telegram. My details are down below. You have been amazing to listen to me today. I hope you have a blessed day wherever you are in the world. And, you know, God willing, inshallah, everything will come good. Okay, keep going and never stop believing. I'll see you soon. Take care. And sorry to interrupt at the very end here. Just before I go, I would like to say a big thank you to all of you who listen to the podcast. Thank you for making it such a great show it is. I would like to also request something else. If you have found anything that I share with you here of help and benefit to you and would like to support my free podcast to continue remaining free for you, please do consider donating via the link below. You can find it, buy me a coffee, and it enables me to continue doing these podcasts and also supporting those of you who cannot afford high-level coaching. It really does make a difference, and thank you in advance. Stay safe and keep going.